We have a site about uh, not too far from our community that uh, we go each year, every year in August, and it's our spiritual site that we go to. That's Addie Yonason. She's from the Lutzelke Dene First Nation in the Northwest Territories. It's a falls, and we believe that we have uh, a lady that sits there in the falls, and she has been there from time immemorial, and she's there to heal, help, you know, people. I just feel this... uh, powerful feeling of uh, being just very peaceful there, very grounded to, to the land. This area she's describing is part of the Thai Dene Nene Indigenous Protected Area, just outside her community. So, you know, we uh, look after that area very well. We don't want anybody there. Uh, we didn't want any development nothing to disturb, you know, that area because it's a sacred area for us. This park is one of Canada's few Indigenous protected and conserved areas, called IPCAs. At COP15, which is the biodiversity conference happening in Montreal, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced funding for more Indigenous-led conservation efforts like this one. Communities have been clear. Safeguarding lands and waters will help build a strong future for generations to come. As a government, our role is to listen and support that vision. Today, Addie tells us about the Thai Dene Nene Park that she helped establish and how parks like this might serve as an example for other conservation efforts in Canada. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and this is The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Addie, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Can you tell me about the Thai Dene Nene protected area? What does it look like and what's what's the landscape like there? Well, it's uh, a protected uh, area that my community of Flutselge worked on for many, many years. And uh, uh, the landscape there is beautiful. There's pristine lakes, boreal forests, cliffs, just a beautiful area that is untouched area, so very, very beautiful. Hmm. And when, when you say pristine and untouched, like how, how pristine and untouched are we talking about here? Well, I'm talking about, like, I live in my community of Flutselke, right by the shoreline, The water is, you know, uh, very pristine that I can go right down to the shore and dip my cup in the water and drink it. Wow. And and it's, you know, clean, good water. Hmm. Uh, You can go out in a boat uh, in the summertime and stop on any shoreline, and uh, it is uh, just beautiful. It's uh, peaceful, nobody around, you know, and very serene. Wow. 
And the same thing, yeah, the same thing in the wintertime with the skidoo. If you go out skidooing, you know, you can go miles without seeing anybody. Hmm. That sounds amazing. Uh, it's it's actually, it's it's over 26,000 square kilometers, so it's a, a significant amount of area then as well. What, what animals live in the area? Uh, we have all sorts of animals. Like, they, I mean, we have uh, caribou, moose, muskox, wolves, fox, martens, uh, minks, all sorts of animals there. And how important is is the park, this protected area to the species, uh, particularly something like like the caribou? It's it's very important, uh, you know, because they need to have the space to to be there. And uh, you know, if we had, I mean, we've have uh, diamond mines in the area, so you know, it's it's disruptive. Hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about about those diamond mines that you mentioned? What what kind of I guess disruption are, are you are you talking about? Well, they have um, a lot of noise, you know, with all the trucks, you know, the uh, activity that happens in any kind of mine site, you know, with vehicles, trucks. It has to be very disruptive to to the animals, especially the caribou. And why why the caribou specifically? Because it's an animal that we rely on, you know, we have for for centuries. You know, caribou is uh, our uh, main food staple. And uh, my uh, First Nation Denisovina people are, uh, or Chippewan people are called caribou eaters. Hmm. And besides the the caribou, how how else would you you uh, I guess use the land or, or or live in this area? So you know we use the land in a lot of ways. Like uh, people go out camping, they go out gathering, both in a summertime, in a wintertime, all seasons, hmm. to different areas. So we use the area all the time. Yeah. Uh, what's your connection to the to the park, Addie? Um, I was born uh, a few kilometers out of my community out on the land in uh, November in a tent and have, you know, lived in the, on the land prior to uh, being taken to residential school. So my formative years was uh, out on the land. Hmm. I've uh, worked on with, alongside my community for many, many years on uh, talking about protecting the area. Uh, I was uh, the chief in 2007 when my community signed a agreement with the uh, Minister of uh, Environment to uh, do a feasibility study on the protected area. So I've been involved for quite a while, and I'm currently uh, the chair of the Thaitanana Ha Dialti board. The board members are from Sutsulke, my community, and from uh, the Northwest Territories Metis Nation. And uh, the name uh, means that 
It's the board that speaks for the land of the ancestors mm-hmm. in my Denayati language. Wow. And so why is it why is it so important to you and to the, the Lutsulke Denai First Nation? Why is it so important to, to protect this area? It's really important. Like, you know, we worked many, many years to make sure that we that the land was kept pristine. Uh, we wanted left the way it is, uh, you know, for our people and and for, you know, the water, the animals, every living thing there on, on the land. Hmm. Uh, we at one time uh, had uh, a request from a uranium company to uh, do some exploration in the area. And that area where they wanted was close to the calving grounds of uh, the caribou. Hmm. But we said, no, that will not happen. Hmm. I understand it took... 50 years of discussions to create this park, Addy. Can, can you tell me a little bit about that history? Initially, apparently that we had, uh, you know, the government of Canada uh, wanting to uh, make a park in our area. And the chief at the time uh, said no. You know, he needed to consult with uh our community, and other people. And then we had more, you know, the same type of interest again from the government of Canada wanting to make a park, and the uh, next chief said, no, no, we don't want that. And then what happened was we started to have diamond uh, development. The big boom, the diamond mines started to happen, and a lot of talk about that. So then the community were uh, very concerned, you know, about what would happen within our traditional territory. So that's when the work started to, uh, the community start, started to talk about, you know, protecting the area from, from development. Hmm. So that, that started the process. The elders were very, very concerned, you know, when the diamond mine boom started. Hmm. So it it took many years, you know, and a lot, a lot of community meetings in in talking about what needed to be done. But we also were very, very concerned that, you know, if we would do that, that we would make sure that our Section 35 rights were, were protected, that we could hunt, gather, trap in the area, that those rights would not disappear. Mm. Be- we didn't want to have a protected area or a park where we couldn't practice our, our way of life. We'll be back in a moment. So Thai Dene Nene was established as a protected area and national park in, in 2019. There are two other Indigenous protected areas in the Northwest Territories uh, and, and plans for others elsewhere in Canada. How does the management of this park actually work? Well, currently, right now, uh, we're in our second year of doing a, a management plan for Thai Nene. 
So we work very closely with the two governments uh, that we signed the agreements with, which is uh, uh, Government of Canada and the Government of the Northwest Territories. So we are working um, closely with with them and uh, using, you know, the the laws uh, that they have, the policies they have in place, and making sure that that we are working to ensure that the land is protected using our Danan law and their Western laws. So, so what are some of the, the Dene laws that, that help govern the park then? Uh, Dene law, you know, says respect, respect the land. If you're out on the land, first time out on the land, you make an offering to the land, the water. Uh, you make an offering of tobacco for safe travels, for good travels, good weather, but most importantly, to say thank you. Mm. Say, you know, we're out in the land. You don't throw things, uh, garbage in the water. You don't uh, leave garbage on the land. Uh, when uh, somebody's out there, you uh, see them out there, you know, you make sure that they're going to be safe. Like they're, uh, you tell them where not to go. And uh, we share, you know, we share uh everything that that we have out there on the land yeah and these are and the if you're on the board then you are making direct decisions about what gets to happen in the park and what doesn't then that's correct yeah wow and i understand that there are also uh, also guardians that live in the park can can you tell me about them what what's their role we have uh the nihahni uh Guardian program, Nihahni means watchers of the land. We've had that program for many years before the establishment of Taitanana. And uh, what they do is they go out on the land, they talk with the visitors, they do surveys, they make sure that people are safe if they're traveling within the park, both summer and winter. It's a really good uh, program because it, they also take the youth out on the land and they uh, make sure that the youth are learning the traditional ways of our uh, culture and identity. And they're taught. They're taught a lot of uh, traditional skills. Mm. I know it's uh, it's only been formally established for a few years, but but have you seen any successes in the park already? There's a lot of good things that you know that have come out and will continue to to come out. But one of the things I I just like to talk about is the the youth that uh, go out in the land with the Nihotni Rangers. Mm. You know they're taught, like I said all the uh, traditional skills, traditional knowledge, uh, the language. And that's really important because we've always looked after the land and uh, it's so important that we continue to do it and that we pass those teachings on to our our children, our youth. Because that's the way, it was passed on to us by our... uh, 
our elders, our parents, and we need to continue to do that so that it, you know, it can go down through generations. Yeah. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has has laid out a goal for conservation in Canada. Uh, the goal is to have 30% of Canada's land and water protected by, by 2030. I, I'm just curious, Addy, what role do you see these Indigenous protected areas playing in, in like the broader conservation efforts in Canada? Well, you know, I think it's really important, uh, necessary that uh, people, especially in Indigenous people, work, you know, in protecting areas. That's our nature. We've always, you know, uh, been out on the land, you know, Indigenous people connected to to the land. And uh, I think, you know, it's important that uh, we do that work. Hmm. Uh, before before I let you go, I just want to ask you one more question. I, I I'm, I'm struck by the 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 way that you've you've talked about the the cooperation that that happens here between Canadian governments uh, and and the Indigenous community there. And I wonder, do you think arrangements like this with Indigenous communities uh, and Canadian governments working together, do you think this could help? I guess develop healthier relationships between the two. Well, it it would it would. I think, you know, reconciliation happens in a lot of areas and this area with the land that that is so so important, I think. The connection, I guess. I just feel so uh, you know, connected to the land that uh it's a really good place to start because we all want, you know, we all want to have a uh, healthy healthy land in Canada. Mm. Addie, it's been so wonderful to get the chance to talk to you. Thank you so much for speaking with me. You're welcome. Thank you. Merci. <laughs> That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.